walk out the back door with it just before midnight, walk round the front of the house, open the door, throw it all inside with the mantra spoken for abundance for the new year and walk in. Welcome to the Connected Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Christine. New Year in Ireland is usually a bit crap compared to other countries. But that's because it's not technically the new year. I'm just going to do a wee short podcast today and I have to record it a month in advance of New Year because my producers are on holidays. So it's a wee bit weird to be doing this talking about New Year before New Year. But anyway, I was thinking maybe not a lot of people are going to want to be listening to podcast episodes on the first couple of days of the new year. What will I talk about? And I was looking here and there and I was getting ideas and thinking, oh, I'll do goals and I'll do uh, things that we can do to set ourselves up for the new year and look at reflections maybe and talk about the future. And then I thought, nah, why not talk about traditions? New Year in Ireland is usually a bit crap, just like I said, because technically it's not the New Year. Like many of our traditions, when Christianity came and spread itself across the land, ancient traditions were altered. In Celtic times, New Year or End of Year was celebrated at Samhain, not on the last day of October, as many would have you believe or think, but around the first week of what's called November on what we call a cross-quarter day, midway between the September or autumn equinox and the December winter solstice. Now, I could go off on a wee tangent and tell you all about the true quarters of the year, well, the eighths of the year, actually. But I think what I'll do as the year progresses is tell you about them, because that's the ancient circle of the year in Ireland, is the eighths the way that the year is split. And it's split because of agriculture and farming, the way that the sun moved around the 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 seasons, I suppose you might call them, at different times of the year and the times to plant, the times to harvest, etc. This podcast was born on the March equinox in 2022, so I think it would be quite apt to do that. Now we're talking about New Year, well, supposed New Year. January 1st was originally made the new year by Julius Caesar. However, when Rome fell, medieval Christians wanted to separate from anything connected to what was seen as a paganistic Roman celebration. So they moved the new year to March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, or the day that Gabriel came to have a chat with Mary to tell her she was being gifted with carrying the Messiah. Not at all, of course, related to the spring equinox. Or was it? When Julian, when the Julian calendar was established by Julius Caesar, I think it's uh, AD 46 or 45 or 46, I forgot to write that bit down. When he set that calendar, he set March 25th as the date of spring equinox, set it as the date. But equinoxes change because they're related to when the sun sits directly over the equator effectively making the day and night the same length across the world. So Caesar missed out on the six extra hours it takes when he was creating his calendar at at the end of the 365-day full spin. 
and as a result, year after year, the calendar began to get misaligned with the solar year. So all the dates and all the holidays kept changing. Of course, you couldn't set March 25th as the date for equinox because it was going to be on a different date every year. And the church kept having, kept having to change the dates of the holidays and feasts. So Pope Gregory got tired of all this many, many years later. He decided to stick in a leap year into the calendar, whilst also reinstating January 1st as a new year. It took a little while longer for a Protestant England to adopt a Catholic Pope's new calendar, but eventually in 1752, the official new year was made the legal new year in England, January 1st. And then, of course, by default in Ireland and America, because the English held power in those nations at the time. So that's why the new year is generally crap in Ireland. We've only recently begun celebrating it having lights and concerts and fireworks and all that jazz. Now, yeah, we've had parties over the years and traditionally on New Year's Day, families will go and visit each other or people will go to mass and you'll generally have time together. And of course, there have been some customs and traditions adopted over the years. But it was never really a big cause for celebration in Ireland because, as I say, it wasn't the New Year. Let's look at a few of those traditions. My mother never let us step foot into the house at New Year if there wasn't money in our pockets. In fact, every New Year, she'd take, and I'd say she'd, she would, as in she would do it in the past, but I'm pretty sure she still does it to this day, all the cash that she had, walk out the back door with it just before midnight, walk round the front of the house, open the door, throw it all inside with the mantra spoken for abundance for the new year and walk in. As I'm speaking this, in my head there's something about her throwing money out on the roof as well. Or was it bread out on the roof? I can't remember. I should have checked with her, but I'm doing this a wee bit late at night, so I can't ring her now to ask her. If she was going out for the night, she'd have all the money in her bag with her and do the same thing whenever she got home. This tradition, I think, comes from the Scots tradition of hogmanay, which is is this idea of first footing, when the first person who goes into the house after midnight brings gifts for good luck. We would also open the back door to let the energy of the old year out and open the front door to welcome in the energy uh, of the new year. So if you're there in Ireland... You're probably thinking, why would you be doing that? It's freezing. Well, I suppose that's the idea that you open it up and you get a blast draft through the house. So you're blowing out all those cobwebs of energy, anything that's not necessary anymore. You can blow it all out the door and let the new, fresh energies come in. I've read that some families open the doors and windows also to make sure that the spirits of those lost during the year can roam free in and out of the house. And that one's actually apt for me this year because my grandfather passed away this year and he would have been one of the closest people, family-wise, that I've lost in terms of relationship and connection over the years. And, of course, I acknowledge Grandad with me a lot. Um, But we'll have to make sure we keep the doors and windows open now so he's not having to knock (laughs) to get in. You'll often see candles lit in the window 
but that's done over the whole Christmas period, really, to welcome any, oh, what we might say, unfortunate soul who'd be out in the cold without a bed or food for the night and who would need some shelter. I think, again, that comes from the church, the whole idea of Jesus coming when Jesus wasn't there yet. Mary and Joseph coming in, knocking on the doors and not being able to get somewhere to stay. Uh, I've read that in some places, some homes even set a table or set a place at the table just in case. Other families throw bread in the door to ward off hunger. And I th- yeah, as I said a few minutes ago, I think of some sort of memory of mum throwing bread and wonder that bread she threw in the roof. Anyway, you throw bread in the door to ward off, ward off hunger for the year. And a post I was looking at while I was doing some reading on this said there was a tradition that no water should be thrown out nor filled up because this night marked the date Jesus changed water into wine and you didn't want the Lord thinking you were greedy. It's a good solid ingrained God-fearing condition there for you. Always amazes me these, the way that this was written. I interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special New Year's announcement. I've changed the online platform that I host. I was running it for a while as a membership platform that you paid a certain amount for every month to be able to access live coaching calls with me, as well as all the other public speaking and pronunciation content that it hosts. But I've decided that I'd really like it to be available to as many people as possible. On top of that, I love doing the podcast. I love bringing you random facts about the history of Ireland, the history of Celtic times, stories from people all over the world about their experiences of communication, and other bits and pieces of cross-cultural communication, neuroscience, and life experience. To be able to continue doing it, I need your support. If you can afford it. If you can't, don't worry. So, I've opened up my online platform for more or less the price of a coffee in Ireland these days. It might be a bit more expensive in some places, but if you get it without the syrup, then it should be more or less the same price. I'd be really honoured if you go down and have a look at the link in the show notes. Support me if you can, a minimal fee every month, and help me to be able to continue making this podcast as part of my life, bringing you a bit of crack, a bit of fun, a bit of knowledge, a bit of information, and most importantly, personal experiences that I hope resonate with you and if you ever feel alone help you remember you're not thanks let's go back to my random chats about crappy new years in ireland often people swim on new year's day and this is called a polar swim in many parts of the world some see it as a way to cleanse into the new year others to wash off the antics of the night before and freshen up i I did this a few years ago but not on new year's day on christmas day I've never swum on New Year's Day in Ireland, but I do swim at Christmas. A couple of years ago, I had a, I have, I have a bit of a new tradition with my brother-in-law, well, almost brother-in-law, who's French. We have a bit of Malbec on uh, Christmas Eve together. And I now, when I'm home for Christmas, tend to cook the Christmas dinner. So I needed to be fresh and ready to cook the Christmas dinner that year. And went for my morning Christmas swim. But the weather was awful and the waves were walloping the side of the pier. There was a wee bit of a crowd out. I went in 
down beside the pier. I didn't walk down the pier because it, was, it wasn't safe enough to do that. So I went into the sea on the left-hand side of the pier. And as I'm walking in, okay, okay, I can make it, I can make it. I was just going to dip. And next thing, woof, overcame this wave and walloped me. Pulled me right in under the water. Flew me all the way over to one side and pulled me all the way back towards the pier. Under the water. I'd never forget it. But I'll tell you something. I was awake after it. <laughs> Little did I know, there was a girl there making a documentary about the area, Anagassan in Ireland. And, and people who swim on Christmas Day. And she videoed every single bit of it. It was brilliant. If I've been able to find the video, it'll be on my Instagram today. So go down into the show notes. I'll put a link to my, my personal Instagram in, in my podcast today and you can go and you can have a wee look and a laugh at me if you'd like. Last year, I swam in the south of France on Christmas Day and that was a darn sight warmer than Ireland's five-ish degrees across the bay from Snowtop Mountains. I can tell you that for certain. This year, I'm back in Ireland again, so I'll be having my swim when I, when I get in. Although I'll be Baltic this time. Because I've been in Spain for the last few months and I'm cold in Spain and I'm going to definitely freeze. Should be alright. Warm up the blood afterwards. I'm sure there are lots of other traditions around the country that I've never heard of. I'd love to hear how you celebrate, whether you're Irish or from a different corner of the world. I've spent many a new year out of Ireland. Australia was first and that was just one big backpacker session, <laughs> watching fireworks under the Sydney Harbour Bridge. It was amazing. There were about 50 of us in our group, and then, of course, hundreds of other people around us. Was it Rosewater Bay, I think was the name of the place where we were? Incredible. In China, I lived there for a year. Of course, New Year is not January 1st in China. Like any other country that uses the lunar calendar, New Year falls sometime around the end of January into February usually. And the traditions are similar yet different. It was incredible. Like Beijing is just millions of people in it and everybody goes home for the new, new Year. So I was walking around in these places where normally there would be thousands of people and there was nobody. It was almost once or twice on certain days in certain places like you had Beijing. To yourself, it was really spectacular. There are dragon parades, money is given in little red envelopes, and jiaozi or dumplings are made and served by the lorry load. Ah, oh, they are so good. Also, longevity noodles for longevity, a long life. In Poland, everyone takes to the streets with their own fireworks and bottles of champagne. I lived in a very small town in Poland and honestly, the fireworks rivaled the show I saw in Beijing. It was really incredible. They do, they do New Year's really well over there. And they, I think it's, they have, oh no, it's a 13 dishes at Christmas, I can't remember. But, oh, it's some feed the next day, pâtés, like homemade pâtés full of chunky meat, beautiful meats, uh, different jellies to go with the meats. Of course, I think it was the herring wrapped up. Uh, really, really good. This year, I should be back in Spain for New Year. I've never been in Spain for New Year before. I'm recording this a few weeks in advance, so it can be scheduled for publication. If I'm back, I hope to try the 12 grapes tradition and not choke in the process. Apparently, you eat 12 grapes, 
each second in the countdown to midnight in like the 12 seconds before it. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> As I say, hopefully I won't be choking. Ah, and if I recall correctly, in Venezuela, it's a tradition to wear yellow underwear on New Year's Eve for good luck. One of my students, I know exactly the student, I think it was Felimar, who told me that years ago. And you show it off to everyone as well, so you can wear it over your clothes. So why wouldn't you? I do love my Venezuelan friends, I must say. Please move on, you guys, if you're listening to this. There's one more tradition that's been pushed to January 1st. One that causes angst amongst thousands year upon year. The dreaded New Year's resolution. Would it please you to know that making New Year's resolutions dates back to ancient Babylonian times, around 4,000 years ago? They were the first civilization to record New Year's celebrations. But guess what? They weren't on January 1st. When do you think they were? You got it. March. When the seeds of the new growing year were being planted. A much more sensible time to be sowing seeds and making promises, I believe. Well, I think. They, it's said, believe that if they fulfil their promises to repay debts, keep their allegiance to the, re- the reigning king at the time, that the gods would look favourably upon them. And the Romans continued the practice of pledging and settling debts by pledge on March 15th every year, which was, I think, the original New Year before, before the ones I was talking about earlier. March 15th, incidentally, being my mum and my grandfather's birthdays. So, should you be setting New Year's resolutions on January 1st, when it's cold, dark, miserable, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, when it's hard enough to find a resolve to get up every morning with a smile on your face and keep it there throughout the course of the day? I don't think so, listener. The dark period of the year, in ancient tradition, is a time to go inward. That starts going back to that time I talked about earlier on, at seven. A time to reflect on what's past, to rest, rejuvenate and recalibrate. It's a time to prepare for the coming of the light, which begins, in Celtic belief, at Imbolg, or on February 1st. As spring begins to awaken new life, so too is new life awakened in us. So don't put any pressure on yourself right now. You don't feel like setting resolutions. If you know, if I set resolutions now, I'm not going to keep them. Then don't set them. If you do need to have something to work towards from the beginning of January, because that helps you to move yourself forwards, to get yourself going in the daytime, to get yourself out of bed, going to work, feeling positive, go to the link in the show notes and download my free Future Self Visualization. Find yourself a nice quiet spot. Light some candles, some incense if you fancy it. Make a cacao if you enjoy it. I might put the link for the company I buy my cacao from in the show notes. It's not an affiliation link. It's just a great quality product from, I think it's Wicklow. They're based. Last ages and their customer service is excellent. This month, unless an ocean takes me in another direction, which is quite possible, as you know, if you've been following me for a while, 
I'm going to lead up to an episode on setting goals. Well, more sensing desires and working backwards. But we'll get there. I'm a big fan of uh, long-term desire. A dream, some might call it. There's no real telling how long it'll take to achieve, but we always know we're on our way there. And there's a destination to reach. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to share an interview I did last year with someone who understands what it means to, quite literally, get blown off a mountain, have his body shattered, and not only get back up, but get up and later run the New York Marathon. If you're ready to give yourself a kick up the arse in 2024, listening to his story will help you to do that, most certainly. As I said, I'd be only too delighted to hear how you celebrate the new year. Do make sure you get in touch and tell me. Also, if you do the visualisation and want to share the experience, I'd be, as my mother would say, tickled pink. Very pleased indeed. Other than that, I'll leave you off now to go and enjoy your day, however it may be, whether that's in the Irish Sea or on the couch. Let me see how many ways I can remember to say Happy New Year in. Can I remember each of my countries? We've got English there, Happy New Year. Oblin Vasha Dev. I think my pronunciation's wrong. Jeez, that's all. Me Irish. Ah, Fleece Mivanyo. Bon Fet. Oh, can't remember French now. It's escaping me. Vistiego. Nuevo Rock and Xinyan Kuala. I think that's the all I have for now. I'm annoyed I can't remember French. And me with French family. Sorry, French family. I love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. I wish you a wonderful start to 2024. Please like and share the podcast. Review it. Rate it. It really helps for it to be seen. Other than that, with GNK the Orella. Until next time, Banak T, August Thanks for listening.